for the Westerners that just arrived, use any unconventional means necessary to kill them. We were supposed to be on the lookout. We now have a travel warning. And so then moments after that, um, we get a phone call from the, uh, the hosting church that was putting all this together and says, hey, look, the government has shut us down. They said there's an immediate threat where you are heading right now. Paolo Rapetto here. Welcome to episode three of the Untold Stories of Missions. We have an amazing episode for you today. We were able to meet David Mathis from Little Rock, Arkansas, where he tells us the miraculous of what is going on in the Philippines. This story will inspire people and it'll show people that regardless of where you come from, God can still use you and that he is the God of the elements. David Mathis was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana, where his family attended Paul D. Mooney's church, Calvary Tabernacle. At the age of nine years old, David was introduced to drugs. By 12, he was actively desiring the things of that nature. As life went on for David, he became a homeless drug addict. But the beauty of history is that he was able to find himself back to the Lord his life has never been the same. Fast forward to the year 2016. He and his family had been living in Little Rock, Arkansas for a couple of months. There, minister Nick Mahaney spoke to him that it was the will of the Lord for him to go on the mission field with him to the Philippines. What was interesting, immediately, he remembered in 2009, a man had prophesied over him, laid his hands on him, and said, you will speak to nations, and you will prophesy to nations. But at the time, David thought to himself that he had no idea who he was talking to, and that he would never, ever leave the United States. But whenever Nick Mahaney had asked him to go, that's what he was reminded of. And after speaking with his pastor and receiving the approval to go, he began his mission. And we get there, and what is interesting, uh, we're fired up and we are ready to be in a different country and all this. So we get off the plane and, you know, it's a little different. You got to find your way around. It's, you know, very much part of it is a third world country and a, a lot of poverty in certain areas. Well, you know, we relaxed for a day, and then the following day, we were going to go uh, to an evangelism summit, which we were invited to go to. So, on the way there, uh, myself and and uh, Nick Mahaney was in the car. Uh, Brother Jeff Mallory and his wife, Brenda Mallory, was in the car as well. And we're driving to the crusade. It was an outdoor crusade or evangelism summit, and. We get a message from the U.S. government that says that there was a travel warning that was issued. And what that meant uh, was for Westerners, uh, just had to be on the lookout. But then it went even further that said um, that some of the extremists in the area uh, 
uh, had issued their uh, notification that there are people saying, you know, for the Westerners that just arrived, use any unconventional means necessary to kill them. So, you know, um, I'm at the time thinking, Lord, help me. What am I in the middle of? This is, this is crazy. And I, I, I started to have a little bit of fear build up in me. And so we were supposed to be on the lookout. We now have a travel warning. And I forget what color the warning was at the time for travelers, but I know it was high. And so then moments after that, um, we get a phone call from the, uh, the hosting uh, uh, church that was putting all this together and says, hey, look, the government has shut us down. They said there's an immediate threat where you are heading right now. So, um, and of course, fear built up inside of me even more. And they said they're, they're redirecting us to another area. So we went to a city called Panabo. Now this is, this is in the southern region of the Philippines, a little more hostile than uh, like around Manila and you know, some of the northern areas. Um, so we went to this church in Panabo uh, where I met some of the, the awesome, most awesome people I've ever met in my life there. Um, and so we get there and I am, I'm, I am like, you know, looking over my shoulder right and left wondering, you know, when are we getting shot? When are the extremists coming? Cause you hear all these stories and everything. So we're sitting there or we, we arrived and they said, okay, are you guys okay? And, and brother Mahaney said, yeah, why? They, they said, well, they were after you, this route right here, they were looking for you. And we both kind of looked at each other and said, us? Yeah, you. You know, they were they were scouting out when to kill you and all this stuff. And funny thing is, in the Philippines, they're not quiet about you coming. I mean, they announce it so people show up. So it wasn't a secret where we were at the time. Well, we go into that first service, and Brother Mahaney gets up to preach. First thing he said is, God has not given us the spirit of fear. And right then, it clicked with me, and I said, okay, I, it, it was like I felt like the disciples on the boat. I felt like, oh, ye of little faith. And right then I had to connect and say, okay, God, I know I'm here for the next 16 days, and I've got to make the best of this. And I know you called me here. It's been prophesied over me, and so we're, I'm going to go into this. So um, that night, many, many people received the Holy Ghost. I remember we, we counted the front row how many people was on the front row of this building that was maybe uh, tops 25 feet wide, maybe 30 feet wide, and there was 97 people on that front row, and it continued all the way to the back. And there was people pressed up against the glass of the church, and it, it was standing room in the back only, and um, this lady come up, and, and she had dealt with cancer, and she had a huge lump on her chest, and. And she said, I need you to pray for me. And, and uh, so we laid hands on her. And what I love about it is we can't work God up. God is already there. He, he doesn't need us to work him up. It's the matter of us getting ourselves out of the way. So it was, we laid our hands on her and said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And immediately this, this uh, lump disappears. And she knew that God had touched her right then. So then there was a line of people lined up in the center aisle coming up and one after another if they weren't getting the holy ghost they were getting 
healed. Just miraculous things that were happening. Nights following that service, a couple of the ministers on that trip were able to give their testimonies about what God had done for them. In our testimony, uh, as well as Brother Nick Mahaney's, is, you know, we are prodigals, we are ex-drug addicts, and um, we have uh, kind of gone down a, a certain path, and by the grace of God, now we're, we are back home, if you will. And so, while we're giving our testimony, they said, hey, there's something to these testimonies. Um, we want, you know, we have our president right now, which is executing people by the thousands. I think right now, up to date, as far as I know, there's about 8,000 people that's been executed because of drug addiction or drug sales, manufacturing, whatever it is. That was part of the president's uh, campaign, that he would rid the country of drugs. So they said, there's something to your testimonies. What if we were able to get you guys in here to talk to the addicts and, and maybe show the, the president that he doesn't need to kill everybody that is addicted or, or in sale or selling the product. As they returned from the first trip to the Philippines, they began to pray for God to open a door. While being back in the States, some people from the Philippines had a meeting to start a group of some sort. They were able to come up with a wellness program, and that's when they were invited back to minister to those groups. So we went back, first place we went to was a, was a wellness program. And we would kind of think of that as rehab here, I guess. So we went to a local church where one of the pastors was hosting it. And uh, the, the government had said, if you surrender to the authorities, you will not be executed, but you will have to show up to the wellness program. As of now, there are almost two million people that surrendered. It's unprecedented, and the government had no idea it would be this big. So we walk into the first one, and I think there was like 10 or 12 people. And I remember looking going, man, this is a far cry from 2 million people. Well, we give our testimonies, and the power of God falls in there. And, and this it wasn't even preaching, it was just giving testimonies. And people begin to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, we took them out, uh, outside and they had these little five gallon barrels and we were, uh, or, or not five gallon, they were big drum barrels and we were uh, baptizing them in these drums and uh, one after the other. And then, so we thought, man, that's such great success. You know, and that, that was awesome what the Lord was doing. As they continued their journey, the groups would grow more and more. At one of the events, a government official had heard what was being preached and said, I need to have this. And so they baptized them right then and there. At one of their last stops, they went into a prison in a place called Kansan City. No missionary, no sort of ministry had come into that prison, but God had made a way for them to be there. By the time they were finished giving their testimonies like they had done in the past, people were receiving the Holy Ghost and they were baptizing them one right after another. And every time that they would go to these events, something new would take place. One time I was in a prison 
and we were giving our testimonies and a lady had a stroke and her friend and some of the guards had had dragged her into our our setting there just on this concrete slab and i remember looking i thought man that is that's strange i wonder what's going on with her so people's praying and everything and i i hear somebody yelling they call you pastor no matter what you do no matter what you know your thing is so they said, Pastor, Pastor, we need you down here. So I jumped down. I just go walking through the middle of all the prisoners. Not even sure if I'm supposed to or not, but that's what I did. And her her limbs, her legs, and her arms were twisted inward and was sagging on one side from the stroke. And, and uh, I said, what do you need? And she, they explained to me about the stroke. And I said, I said, do you believe that God can heal you? And again, this is a, this is the time where we ain't got to work up Jesus, he's, he's there. And uh, she says, yes, I believe, I believe. So I said, okay. And I laid my hand on her. I said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And immediately her legs snapped straight. Her arms went flying out each way. And that side of her face that was sagging had went straight just like the other side. And I remember I was looking. I was like, yes, you know, praise God. This is awesome. And she said something to me, though. She said, thank you, Pastor, for healing me. And she began to praise me for it. And I looked at her. I was a little frustrated. And I said, you give God the glory. And so she looked a little confused. And as I walked away, I turned and looked over my shoulder. And her right arm began to draw up back towards her shoulder. And so I tapped uh, Brother Mahaney on the shoulder. I said, hey. I said, he said, yeah, no, I've seen the whole thing happen. I said, well, she, she, she gave man praise. And, uh, and I said, she's, she's experiencing some drawback now. And I said, why don't we go down there and pray for her one more time? So he goes down there with me. And I looked at her, and, I, and she's so confused. And I said, do you believe that God can heal you? So she says, yes, Pastor. I said, okay. So I laid my hands on her. In Jesus' name be healed. Her arm went straight again and then she began to glorify God until this day you know her healing is still there I, I was there a few months back and I had an opportunity to see her in that same prison and uh, that it, it was awesome to see her walking and, and all this stuff and on and on this has just been happening all over the Philippines um, the miraculous continues to happen on their last trip that they were there. They were at a crusade. As they walked into this place that sat 3,000 people, there were only about 50 there. They had had a great worship service, but as they were preparing for the preaching, David had leaned over to a young minister and said, And I said, here in a few minutes, I said, you're going to see dump trucks of people coming and they're going to just start flooding out of there and I said they're going to line up and fill this place up he says okay and a few minutes went by and I told him I said run outside and I said I want you to take picture of the first truck you see sure enough he runs out there takes a picture he comes back his eyes are wide open and there was dump trucks of people that was being dropped off they were going into the mountains bringing people in and before you knew it, the whole place was pretty much full all the way. 
Well, when we go, we ha we you know we have our inflatable kiddie pools uh, that we use as baptism tanks. Well, we had that there, and um, there there was some water at the building we rented out. Well, they could only get about four inches of water in the bottom of the pool, and so the presbyter there came up and said, "Hey, uh, you know, we we ran out of water." We said, "What? You ran out of water?" Yeah, we ran out of water. I said, okay, uh, I don't know what, you know, I don't know. Because we, we're going to be baptizing people for sure. We know we are. We expect it. You know, we, we know this is going to happen. I said, I don't know. I guess we're going to pray or something. I don't know. So we preach. Brother Mahaney gets up there, and we, we got our hands extended over the crowd. And, and we had we went through the night casting out devils in the crowd. I mean, all kinds of just crazy stuff happening. And people that needed the Holy Ghost, they had their hands stretched out. And I, this is awesome. I got this on video. Brother Mahaney says, receive you the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we all cried out and began to pray. At that moment, there was a crack of lightning in the sky and the thunder had hit so hard and it poured down rain. Within the next five minutes, those two pools were completely full. And we said, alright, if you want to be baptized, you know, girls on this side, guys on this side. And for the next 10, 15 minutes, we were baptizing one after the other, four or five at a time, in the pouring down rain. And the rain kept pouring until the very last person had been baptized. As soon as that person was done, the rain stopped. When I tell you he's the God of the elements, he proved and showed that to me on that trip. Sometimes, we may think that this world is too much for us. It brings in too much fear and doubt. But we have to be reminded of the God that we serve. If it's the disciples in the raging sea, or if you're a minister in need of water for your baptismal tanks, we must and cannot forget that He is the God of the elements. Thank you for listening to episode 3 of the Untold Stories of Missions. Tune in next Monday for part 2 of David and Mathis's story of how God is the God of the elements. Please remember to subscribe, leave a review for the podcast, and tell a friend. Thank you, and God bless.